<laughs> Greetings, everyone. It's been a while since you've heard my voice. This is Peter Diager with the uh, continuation of the podcast, Y2K and Autobiography. Uh, I, as I said a couple of months ago, when I sort of brought it to a close was, is that I had a couple of other interviews lined up, but they were taking their time coming in. And I wasn't you know, going to pressure these people to to get the presentations in. We have a couple more, but I don't know if they'll ever happen. Our guest today is someone I've been wanting to talk about, uh, talk to, sorry, because he was in a country that I didn't spend a tremendous amount of time in. And to be honest, we didn't get a tremendous amount of information out. Uh, the fellow's name is Vincent Balouet. He's the former Y2K leader in France, uh, CEO and founder of a website that he's going to pronounce in a minute. He led the Y2K charge in France, uh, and he came out of the security industry more than anything else. He was a computer science expert and started to get involved in this project. So, Vincent, first start say hello, and then tell us how to pronounce the French word, which I can't pronounce, and since it's a URL, it needs to be done properly. Welcome. Vincent. Yes, hi, 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 Peter. Thank you for your, thank you for your time. The the, the website is maîtrisedecrise.com, and maîtrisedecrise.com means more or less uh, controlthecrisis.com. Very good. Uh, let's start right at the beginning. What were you doing in France at the time, and what was the state of security, uh, IT security in France? Well, um, if we go back to the beginning of the uh, the nineties, in fact, um, what we need to understand with the, the particular situation of computer security in France is that um, from the precisely the year nineteen eighty five, an important thing happened in France is that the the insurance contracts covering the computer risks turn into red. In other words, uh, the, the, the insurance industry has set up before the 1985 year uh, contracts of insurance to cover the, the disasters on uh, computer rooms, etc. And this activity was gaining money. It was positive money, um, making money. And in precisely in 1985, uh, the, the, the contracts turn in red. In other words, they were losing money. And they were losing money because the contracts were built from a legal point of view on uh, big machines, big industry machines. In other words, if you have big computer, it's very expensive to have an insurance for this. And if you have a small computer, it's, it's not expensive at all. Right. And that uh, industry didn't take uh, into account at all all the the, the the software and the data the loss of data risk it was just a question of of device of big machines so the industry of insurance in 1985 say oh, oh we have a problem with the, this kind of new things we call computers and they're trying to to understand what was different in the the, the, the computer security industry uh, than the the normal industry making cars for example and they created specific uh, uh, insurance contracts for this kind of new industry that was the computer industry. And this activity started uh, at the end of the 80s, 
at the end of the 18th. And these uh, insurance contracts were based on the principle that the, the, the engineers and all the industry, the, the computer makers, etc., have to respect state-of-the-art rules. And with the Y2K, the, the, the thing that we, we didn't have in any documentation late 80s, that we, we had to code the dates with four digits. Right. We didn't have these documentations. In other words, the state of the art was to, to make programs with only two digits, not only as a best practice, but from a legal and insurance point of view. So the beginning of 1992, to be very precise, the insurers discovered that if it was a global mess with this Y2K story, the insurance industry have to pay everything about the disaster. It was their responsibility. So this is a little changing the game, if you see what I mean. It's not only a question of bug, of, of, uh, of dysfunction, it's a question of big finance. So in fact, what happened in beginning of 1992 is that I made this kind of discovery and I talked to in the insurance companies. So at the, just before that, at the, in 1991, without knowing that there was this problem, the insurance industry created the main uh, computer security association in France. It's called CLUSIF. C-L-U-S-I-F stands for Computer Security Association, more or less. Okay. And they, they, they started to work on different programs, uh, physical security, uh, fire, uh, backups, uh, passwords, whatever. But they didn't look at all at this Y2K uh, issue because we were at the beginning of 1991. So the, the situation just before it started is uh, the, the insurance industry is very, a very strong uh, and powerful uh, leadership on everything about risks around the computer. And I think this is specific to, the, to France, in fact. Uh, Vincent, it's very specific to France. I'm sitting here with my jaw dropped a little bit. I mean, I was heavily involved in Y2K, as you know. I was not yeah. aware of this angle and to the best of my knowledge, the insurance industry, while it was impacted by Y2K, was not impacted the way you're describing anywhere else in the world. Yes, I know, I know. This is a specific situation in France. And you will see with the, 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 the rest of the story that it's not finished. This is just step one of insurance role in the Y2K problem solving. You will see that there are other steps later. Wow. So the, the very beginning of it is that we have a computer security concern in France, and it's laid by the insurance industry. Okay. Very, how did they get into this so differently than the role of insurance in other countries? Well, I, I, I told you that uh, the insurance industry is very organized in France with uh, the insurance association, which is very powerful. All the insurance companies are, are uh, in this organization. 
And we have a very strong leader called AXA. You probably know, know this company, which, which used to be a, a, one of the top five insurers in the world. And uh, as France is not a very big country, uh, we, we have a, a, an over, oversized in the insurance industry over the French borders. So the insurance industry is very present in all the industry activ activities. And it has been a significant role playing at the beginning of the modern era of, of computers. Right. How did you get involved? You know, when did Y2K come to your attention? You said 1991, 1992 timeframe? Yes. Well, in fact, uh, I, I went out of school in 1991. So my first job as a beginner, as a consultant and beginner, so I was 20, uh, well, I had a previous job before, but with not the same qualifications, but I was 27, 28 at this time. Right. And uh, my first uh, client as a consultant in uh, security, in computer security, was Peugeot Cars. You may know this brand, Peugeot Cars. Right. They are building cars in France. Yep. And, and Peugeot Cars, I was interviewing the different uh, computer software responsible in this company, and they told me, hey, we have a problem. We, 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 cannot, we cannot buy from the IBM catalog the, the drivers and the, and the software PCs and etc. that are Y2K compatible. This is not possible. And we need, it, we need this right now because we want to make developments that to go through the, this date problem. So we, there, is a, there is an issue. It's not very urgent, but we have a problem. Right. And in my head, so, so the, the guy who told me this, it, he, he was a software engineering. So um, this, in this head, I presume that he, he only has in his head a software issue. But in my head, as a risk consultant, I say, oh, this is not a software issue. This is a mobilization issue because we have a deadline. So my, my translation of what he told me, I, 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 told, I told myself, the, the, the technical issue is probably a little bit tricky, but the, the, the very difficult point is to, to move everybody and to finish this before the deadline. Right. So this is this started like this. Then I went to the Association of Computer Security, Clusif, I mentioned earlier. Right. And I say to the, the president of the association, we have a problem. This problem is everywhere. And the most difficult part is mobilizing the, the, all the, the people in this country, including the government activities, right. on time, to be on time. And the president told me, okay, I give you the job. You are the president of the Y2K task force in our association. <laughs> this is how it started. And I was 20 years old only. And I had this, this new job to, to, to move the Association of Computer Security. And we were at the beginning of 1992. Okay, Vincent, I, I got to ask you, because what you're echoing there is, is sort of what I went through, but I want to hear your answer. You're, mm -hmm. you're young. You're just out of school. You're a nobody. What gave you the, I don't know, the presumption that you could go to well-established associations and tell them 
to start acting? I mean, no, you're, you're a nobody. How, how did you yes, do that? Yes, but the, 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 the thing is that, well, my, 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 to, sincerely, my believing is that I was young, okay? Um, I think that the, 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 the president of Cruzif at this, this, uh, in this year was very experimented. It was at the end of his career. Right. And he, he, he received me in, in his office and a young guy say, hey, we have a problem. I want to do it. I want to do it. And he said, okay, do it. This is like this. I mean, it's just uh, uh, like an, an, an answer to a question make rapidly and you, okay, go, fix it. Very good. This is not, not, not more like, than this. I, I don't have any talent. I don't have any genius uh, thing in my head. It's just that I was the first guy entering this office the first time, speaking of this new problem for the first time, asking this question, and he, and he answered me the first answer, do it. Very That's good. all. <laughs> I mean, I'm not laughing at you. I am laughing with you. Because I know. Yes, of course, exactly. of course, of course. This is quite. This is rather funny. I mean, this is a coincidence. I was just the right guy in the right place at the right moment. That's all. Yeah, you you took a different approach, uh, and you went to associations. I don't think I ever went to an association or or something I, at a conference. Yes, but I didn't take the route of finding specific individuals. Instead, I went to the media and I wrote articles, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so you've been as handed this task, and yes. now you start spreading the word. What was the feedback well how did what were the conclusions that you had about how big the problem was well well the, the, the first conclusion is that i don't i don't know anything about this problem i don't have any method i don't have uh, int the internet of course right uh, we have only faxes i don't know if we have uh, very young uh, people in your audience but uh, a fax is a very old machine you cannot uh, fix a computer problem with uh, <laughs> And uh, so I, I didn't know where to go. I mean, okay, okay, I'm a, I'm a Y2K leader. I don't, I don't know anything about this problem and how to handle it, how, where to start. So in fact, what I did is I came to see in this association, probably the most clever guy. Um, he was a, a lawyer and a legal um, computer aspects specialist. He was not an engineer. He right. was a legal aspect specialist. Uh, his name is Jean-Laurent Santoni. And we did, in fact, Y2K together. I'm not right. the only one. He did it with me. And Jean-Laurent told me, what is the problem? So I explained to him, okay, the date is uh, represented with only two digits. It is a best practice. We don't have any documentation saying that we have to fix the problem before the date. So everybody did that way this way in the older computer programs in France and elsewhere. And the insurance company is going to be responsible for this. So in fact, I started the discussion on a liability and responsibility uh, angle, not a software angle. Right. And I told to Jean-Laurent Santoni, help me to determine who has to do what. Right. Who is responsible of what? Who is in charge of what in this project? Before knowing this is costly or not, even it's difficult for technical reasons, 
we didn't have any idea of windowing and extension issues, test how to test, etc. It was not the problem. The problem is who is responsible for this and who is, has to do what. So, in fact, our first works was to, uh, to, to find in the French law and in the European law tools to move and to push the project. And when I say tools, it's uh, laws, reglementations, uh, texts, etc., uh, etc. Et right. So we started like this, and I, 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 I resume. I just, this is a summary of the one-year work, more or less. And in 1993, the conclusions were okay. This is the best practice to code with only two digits. So in case of problem. The large companies using software from software houses and computers from computer manufacturers, etc. They will say, you sell me something which is wrong. The manufacturers and the software houses will say, hey, we, 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 we respected the state of the art. So this is not our fault. Right. And so the transfer of risk goes to the insurance company. And in fact, in the insurance contracts, there is no, uh, in French we say plafond, there is no sailing, there is no limitation in the amount of money the insurance company will have to pay to fix the problem. And not to fix the problem before the problem, Right. to, feel, to fix the damages after. Okay, so this is, we are talking about big, big, big money. And we, we discovered as well an, another very interesting law we have in France. This is the responsibility of defect product. And the law of responsibility with defect products is saying that the responsibility of the manufacturer is 10 years. In other words, all the software and the computers that are made after the 1st of January 1990, the corrections have to be paid by the manufacturers. Right. Okay, but if they are before, it's the buyer, the responsibility of the buyer. Yeah, and the, the problem with sorry, in the UK they had a concept called fit for purpose. That uh -huh. if you bought well, something to do something, it was up to the manufacturer to make sure that it could do what you expected it to do. This sounds very, very similar. Uh, yes, of course. And in fact, what happened is that this law was coming from Europe, from the, 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 the European Union. Right. Okay, so this is probably why this uh, you have this law in UK, etc. Of course, they, they disappeared from Europe right now, but at this time they were in. Right. And in fact, what happened is that we, we, we went to Brussels, Jean-Laurent and me, we went to Brussels and say, hey, what, what, t tell us about this law. And the, and the European guys, they say, this law is a European law with this 10-year warranty. But France has forgotten to translate this law into the French law. They have forgotten. Right. Okay? So that, that law was not uh, activable, actionable in France because the, the French government, I don't know which one, they just forgot to translate we say uh, transposer in French, we say to, to, 
to move this European level low to a, a national level low. Right. Okay. So we talk to European um, commissions. They say, okay, we, we, we can tell you that we need this law. So if you have to sue France, do it. And Brussels sued France. They gave very big fine to the French government because they forgot to put this, this law into the, the, the French law system. Interesting. So with Jean Laurent, we went to Brussels and say, please sue our own country. <laughs> Which is rather funny, in fact. Well, it's, so, it's hilarious. <laughs> so in fact, we, we told to the press, hey, France is going to be sued by Brussels because they forgot to translate a law. Right. So this, this information went to the press. And of course, of course, the French government did the necessary actions. So this law has been um, put in the French law. My, my, my memory is beginning of 1994 or something like this. So in fact, we had a, a brand new law in France explaining that all the systems built before 19, uh, 1990 is the buyer responsibility. And after 1990, is the manufacturer responsibility. Okay. Right? Vincent, so before... The first step, so the first step for us, it was done. We finished the, 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 the task one, right. is determine who, has to, who is responsible of what. And this is how we started. Okay. Can you clarify one thing that's always been a puzzle to me and to many, many others? Mm -hmm. uh, you're talking about the responsibility lies with the manufacturers of the code. Okay, mm -hmm. I, and I get that, and I understand all the ramifications and how that spreads out. Here's a question. How much of the programming code was written in-house? In other words, it wasn't purchased. It was just developed by French programmers in a particular company. My, my feeling is 50-50. It was 50-50. Well, roughly, I, I didn't make oh, precise. That's a guess. I appreciate that. Yes. You see, that has been my contention all along, is that there was a lot more software purchased by European companies. In other words, as things like SAP and BAN and you know that type of stuff. Whereas in North America, if you go to any corporation, every corporation, had written their own code. There was some buying, of course. I mean, you buy a payroll package, this, that, the other. But companies like an insurance company over here or a manufacturing company would have hundreds of programmers yes, writing. Yes, I agree with this. But to my, 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 my feeling is that now, uh, probably this proportion is, uh, is uh, three quarters uh, um, software is, is buy from SAP, et cetera, right. and just one quarter is in-house. But at this time, it was really COBOL dominant in banks, and they, they all they were all making their old payroll systems, etc. It's it's right. it's amazing. Seen from now, it's amazing. Okay. So my feeling is something like fifty-fifty. Okay. Something like. Okay. Yeah, and that was different than what it was over here. I would mm -hmm. have said over here again. I'm guessing, uh, twenty percent would be purchased, eighty percent would be in-house. 
and which made the problem oh, yeah. much, much bigger. Yeah. Okay, uh -huh. now the, the, the question that we discussed was, you know, how did the CIOs respond? But here the answer is going to be a little bit different because what we're talking about now is mostly, not entirely, mostly the CIOs of the manufacturing companies, manufacturing as in manufactured the code and not the individual CIOs of companies that made their own code. What was their no. response to all of this? Well, yes. Okay. The, 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 the very end of the, the previous chapter is that after all my, the, the, this conclusion about responsibility and the deadline, uh, Jean-Laurent Santani and I wrote a report, uh, something like 100 pages or so, uh, at the end of 1995, explaining all this. And uh, if, we, if we summarize this report, he's saying this is a, a fixed project with a very hard deadline first. And second, we are all responsible of the, of the, the, the job. Everybody has to work. And more precisely, there is a, a limitation with the, the 1990 date before and after, as I explained. Right. So this report came out, was published uh, end of 1995. So, in fact, this report came to another association called CIGREF. The CIGREF is the CIO association in France, but only for companies that are using computers. We don't have manufacturers and software houses inside. Okay. Okay. No consultancy, nothing. Just uh, uh, companies that are using the uh, comp computers to do their job, just banks, Air France, uh, whatever. Right. So there are uh, 75 major big companies in France. And they, they, they call me and they say, do you want to come and drive the Y2K project for all the companies in France? And I say yes. So they hired me and I became the Y2K animator. I didn't fix the problem by myself, of course. Right. But I was just explaining to the CIOs and to the CEOs that they have to put money on the table to fix it of the 75 biggest companies in France. So the work started beginning 1996, like this, with another association. So maybe this is different like in than other countries. The role of and the, the power of these associations was very strong to, to, to move on in this project. So what I did is, is I created a lot of uh, work groups based on uh, COBOL, how to test, how to fix the problem in backups, how to uh, the networks, the, the method, calculating the risk and the priorities, uh, legal aspects, uh, hiring uh, um, skills, and uh, because we have the, the, the beginning of the internet revolution, and we have to the introduction of the new currency euro at the same yep. time. So it was a really tricky. So uh, we, we we made a, a sort of uh, task force, I, would, I should say, 19 work groups, 600 people. And the job of these people was to uh, to demine you know what the mine is if you put your foot on it's explosion <laughs> so uh, mine, my yeah. job, yes my job was a deminer okay it right. was to detect all the, the traps and to to put a flag on it uh, hey there is a little problem we didn't see and so all the companies were walking around all these traps 
without many, making any mistakes or hopefully a very low level of mistakes to gain time, to gain money, to gain to, to rush this, this program out so we can fix it quickly. So in fact, the, the, the response of the CIOs in France, of the companies using uh, computers, not manufacturers, was to, to put um, a think tank together in this association and to, to demine the problem, to, to, to quickly uh, understand everything that is new in this project, all the side effects of the deadline, etc., etc., etc. And in fact, they made two mistakes. The first time is that, is that they let me alone, in fact, because no other CIO member of this association has taken the risk of coaching me because if he was putting energy to coach me, uh, it was less energy for his company to fix the problem in his company. Right. So the, the CEO, the big boss, would say, hey, stop working for this association, work for me. Okay. So in fact, they let me doing it. And as I think I did it quite properly, I explained every centimeter what I did. It was completely clear, of course, but they let me to do it. And the second is that as it is an association of large companies, they went into the legal construction of this association and it was strictly written that all the activities of this association should be taken at the benefit of the members. In other words, I don't have the authorization of mobilizing the small business. Okay. And I, and I had a letter, you have, uh, it's strictly forbidden that you work to alert and to, to, to push the small business companies to fix the problem. And that that was very difficult for me, of course, because for conscious, I don't know how you you put that in in English, but to make cat cat conscience, conscious case. I don't know if you say that uh, like this. Controversy. I, it's a controversy. It's also unethical. It's as more than yes, a yes, level. Absolutely, absolutely. And the second second idea is that if the project goes wrong, completely wrong, what's going to happen? Who forgot, who forgot to, to alert the small business? Me. And uh, uh, I would be in the position of the fuse in the electrical system. <laughs> you should understand. Very Vincent. <laughs> in French, we say the fuse, the position of the fuse. So I, I, could not, I could not accept that. So what I did is I wrote a book under my own name for small business, not under the association name, under my name. And it's a book you can find on Amazon. I think it's been expired, but if you if you search on Google, Vincent Balouet, en 2000, year 2000, right. you will find this book. And this book is uh, L'entreprise et le passage à l'an 2000, the, the, the company, the small company, and the year 2000 problem. And it's only a very simple advice, very simple uh, recipes, uh, checkpoint checklists so that the the, the 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 y2k problem in small companies is much more simple of course right can be fixed on time 
And I issued this book uh, beginning of 1998. How did they respond to that publication? Well, the, the, the CIO Association, they say, okay, it's fine. Thank you very much. Because uh, you, 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 I, I didn't went, um, uh, I, I didn't violate the, 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 the reglementation of this association. And I did the job at the same time. So right. they say, okay, it's fine. In this association, they find it an interesting that I, I wrote this book aside, outside this association. But one thing they didn't expected is that another association, I'm sorry, a third one, which is the association of all the businesses in France. Right. I'm sure in Canada or in the United States, you have this kind of association. It's the big business association. The only one is talking directly with the government for a lot of business reasons. And this association, they write the book. And they say, oh, oh, we have a problem because the small business, they didn't, they haven't been alerted on time. So if the project go wrong, and the corrections are not made on time in the small businesses, the insurance companies, they are going to pay everything. Right. Okay. So they went to the insurance companies association and they say, fix it. Fix this problem. We are, we are out of time and we, we need to rush the small business to do it. So in fact, the president of the, the association of insurance companies was the number two, in fact, what it was not the CEO, but the number two of AXA. AXA is the biggest insurer in France. And fortunately, the president of the CIO association I was working in was at the same time the CIO of AXA. Coincidence. And the conclusion of this is that the CIO of AXA was playing against AXA. You guys understand. approach this very, very differently from the, than the rest of the world. <laughs> <laughs> so in fact, there has been a, a sort of tricky meeting at the very, very high level in AXA company. And, as, and I have the conclusion of this, and I was not aware of that, and the conclusion of this is that been transferred very uh, with a lot of brutality in the, 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 the top business association as the Y2K Ligueur for small business this time. So I changed <laughs> company and they took me and they say, stop working for the CIO, please stop. Now you are working for the small business. Okay. I so that you. was... Yes, it's incredible. That was at the end of 1998. And the, my transfer to the MEDEF Association. MEDEF stands for Mouvement des Entreprises de France. In other words, the large business, the, the whole business association. Right. And my transfer to this association, there have been um, articles in the press because, hey, he's moving, what's happening? And uh, I went to the TV channels, the different papers, etc. And so I started to, to, to move the small business within the MEDEF, in the MEDEF task force. 
<laughs> you guys approach this totally different than anyone else I've spoken to anywhere else in the world. It it seems to be a bureaucratic uh, driven problem. In other words, associations against associations in Canada and North America and God, the UK even, Ireland, you know, Australia, New Zealand, associations didn't really get involved until the very, very end of the project. John Koskinen, for example, coming together with yes. various associations. But in the beginning, it was every man for himself. Every company was trying to do this on their own. There wasn't any coordinated effort the way you're describing. Mm -hmm. Here's a question, and I want to preface it with something else. First, the general question, what was the pushback to Y2K remediation efforts? But as a well, subcontext to that, I remember speaking, we've spoken about this. I spoke in France, in Paris, in 1999, the beginning of 1999. Yes, yes, correct. And at the time, one of the people in the audience stood up and shouted at me, uh, you know, we don't believe in Y2K. We believe it's an Anglo-Saxon conspiracy. And those, that was the actual phrasing. Yes. And to be honest, that was always the impression I got from France, that it wasn't believed. Can well, you... I don't, well, to, be, to be honest, I don't know exactly, because there was a moderating thing to what you... I, I agree with what you said. Right. But there is a moderating uh, thing, a side effect of this, is that, as I explained to you, I worked for the CIO association using computers. And this position made my, 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 my explanation and my speech is very clear. I am not depending of IBM or Microsoft or whatever. Right. I am speaking with the voice of banks, insurance industries, Renault cars, Peugeot cars, etc. So I am the voice of the users. And I, as a, a speaker of the users, I tell you there is a problem. So the, the, the probably the guy who stood up and told, told that to you was not completely aware of the efforts we did. Right. But frankly, there is still today an, an, an Oaks issue. <laughs> this is not finished. This is not finished, of course. <laughs> so to answer to your question, what, what happened at that time, beginning of 1999, so the time you went to Paris and to speak at the, at the House of Representatives in Paris, uh, what we did is to we launched a task force for small business and I spent, I should say, eight months on the road with my car uh, and a lot of colleagues of me, of course, I didn't do, I didn't, didn't did this by myself. We were right. a team uh, in all the regions of France, explaining all the cities, hey, small business, come and, and this is a checklist. This is a to-do list right. for to, to, to be, uh, to, to, and you fix the problem on time. And at this moment, we, what was really um, helpful for us is was the other project as the, the introduction of Euro. And this time for the introduction of Euro, it's a regulatory project. So the question of cost and responsibility is totally clear, of course. The user have to pay, period, full right. time. So, and in, in small business, of course, there's less specific code 
in-house code and much more um, software packages that are, that are bought on the shelf. Right. So in fact, the, 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 the issue is if you want to be Euro compliant, just change your system. And the new system will be at the same time Y2K compliant. Interesting. Okay. So in fact, the introduction of Euro has two side effects, a lot of simplification in the in the project itself, technically, just change it, buy a new one and it's finished. Right. And second is that we put all the cost of the Y2K into Euro, the Euro budget. Okay, if you change your, your payroll system because there's no Euro capability in it and you buy a new one, the cost of this is, for example, $2,000, 2,000 euros, right? These 2,000 euros is the cost of the Euro compliancy. Right. It's not the cost of the Y2K compliancy. It also explains something else, Vincent, too. If you do a survey in France and the surveys were being done, one of the questions was, are you working on Y2K? And my guess is that many of the organizations said, no, we're not working on Y2K. And if you had asked, if you had asked them another question, have you replaced your software to accommodate Europe? They said, well, of course, we did that. Uh, yes, of course. And Y2K was basically hidden under the shadow of Europe. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in fact, when we make the figures after the, the aftermath uh, at the very end of it, our figures and the, the government figures show that we only spent two thirds of the estimations for Y2K. Right. And it's not it's not the one percent less. I'm talking about thirty percent less. Yep. And this is this is not magic. This is not the, the, the only possibility is that a lot of the, the Y2K budget came into the Euro budget. So in fact, what if, if I'm telling you this, it's, it's just to tell you that the, at, at this moment during 1999, the project itself simplifies itself. Right. Okay. So the, the, it was not a question of where are the dates, two digits, four digits. No, where is the Euro system? And is it working properly? Right. That was the question. So in fact, the project was very, very difficult at the beginning, but the more we get in on the time, the more it was simple, due technically simple due to this euro effect. So I remember the, I remember discussions yes. about how the euro conversion would affect and to be honest, most of the articles I read, most of the presenters I heard at the time said it would complicate things, and they obviously no. didn't take this into account. No, this is not true. Fascinating. That that was my 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 uh, my fear. Of course, at the very beginning, we say, "Oh, oh we have to do the euro at the same time," and both two two teams uh, modifying a piece of software separately. It's a it's a nightmare. Yep. But in fact, no. Sometimes it's a nightmare, to be honest. Okay, but at the national level, seen from my helicopter, if you see, mm -hmm. uh, it is not a nightmare at all. It's a simplification tool. This is this is not easy to detect before, to right. understand after, of course. But th that was uh, one of the lessons, of course. So, in fact, if you have a technical problem, change the law. <laughs> yeah, 
And if you change the law, everything gets simpler. It is funny, but it is like this. So to, to answer to, 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 to your question, what pushback? And the pushback was the euro, probably the euro. Because uh, they, 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 they made a lot of communications to, to, the, to, the, to the small business, the large business, the banks, the consumers, say, hey, we are changing money. And the money, I, I don't know if you remember, but the, we, we came into the euro system with two different steps. The first steps was 1st of January 1999, when we changed officially the money, right. the currency. And it was what we call scriptural, money scriptural. In other words, all the exchanges between big money and big banks. Right. That conversion was made first uh, of January 1999. And the, the money in your pocket, if I say like this, yep. it was the first of January 2002. Right. So in fact, the beginning of the, the first of January 1999, when you came in in Paris, Peter, when you came in in Paris, we just have started the euro no no way back possible project right so the 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 order the 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 gimmick the word in all the scenarios in france change and your systems whatever the cost because the cost is the cost of the euro system it's not y2k so we had a, a, an extraordinary acceleration during 1999 and when I started my Tour de France, my, uh, my tour in France, in all the cities, in January, February, believe me, trust me, it was difficult. But in January, it was finished. In uh, June, I'm sorry, in June, no, I, it was finished. Uh, yeah. Six months later, and they say, okay, we changed uh, the printers, we do the keyboards, because there is a new uh, uh, alt graph graphics E, to, 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 to type the, the logo euro on the screen. So we have this, we, we, our accounting system and payroll system is okay. It has been tested, so this, that's fine. What are you talking about? It's funny. So in, we had an extraordinary acceleration the six first months of uh, 1999. The lesson I'm hearing is if you want to solve a problem, just make it bigger, you know, just add another problem on top of it. <laughs> Sometimes it's the, well, this, this is, this is funny, but this is not completely, completely false. Yeah, I get to it. Be, to be honest. Fascinating, Vincent. Tell me a little bit about MEDEF and what, what the rest of, what was the other things that governments were involved in at the time? I well, mean, this you, time. So the MEDEF is the association of uh, all the companies I mentioned. Right. So I went into this beginning of 1999 as the Y2K leader, we should say, and uh, and make the Tour de France, so the tour in the in the different regions and cities, etc., giving conferences and conferences and conferences, and I was fed up conferencing and uh, explaining that uh, there there is no there is a deadline and no, no extension possible, etc. So in fact, what they did is to to work quite quite easily, quite easily, with the government on the euro and Y2K project as the same project, because they were simplifying each other. In fact, so the task force was just a, a communication issue at the national level, from the government and public money. We had public money for this, so we have a. Uh, communication tools, uh, videos, etc., etc., to 
to go into the cities and explaining that we have to fix it before the end of the year. That was all this. And we proposed to the government uh, in September 1999 to uh, build a task force for the 31st of December, of course. And so the government made a, a crisis center, if you want to, to call this uh, like this. The, 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 the issue of the government is to pull up the information, do we have a problem up to the, the government and to the president for communication issues. And the mission of MEDEF was to pull back the information down to the field, down to the small business in case of problem. So the, 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 the task force of the government was to uh, really a communication way up process. Right. And we were in charge of a technical go down process. And this second task force didn't, was not used because uh, we didn't have any problem. So it did, that was not uh, activated, in fact. Right. Beginning of January, so there was no big problem. So we say, okay, we don't activate this second task force. Fascinating. You've taken us up to June, uh, mid-1999. What happens, what happened after that and through into the new year, you also had a another issue that had some impact, which we'll get to in a second. Yes, in fact, what happened is that, um, well, th there was a, a sort of trigger uh, mid-September, if you remember, it was a day minus 100. Right. And at day minus 100, they did a ceremony at the, on the Eiffel Tower because they activated a, a, a clock and a countdown clock on the Eiffel Tower at D minus 1000, two, two, three years ago, right. three years before. And at D minus 100, so mid-September, uh, I can't remember the day exactly, it was the 10th or the 15th of September 1999, they did a sort of ceremony on the Eiffel Tower, say, hey, the century is going to be over at the end of this year, which was not true because <laughs> the century is over one year later, but <laughs> they're not very happy. We're not very successful with figures in our government. <laughs> but, uh, and they say, uh, clock, the clock is ticking, so please do it, do it, do it. And the, the, the Eiffel Tower role was very important because I don't know if you remember, but the, the Australian task force, Y2K task force, has on his website, official government website, the webcam on the Eiffel Tower. Right. And in fact, the Eiffel Tower, because it's a famous monument, of course, became more or less the, 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 the Y2K clock. Right. And so we synchronized our action on this. And we say to in the press, in the on television, in different programs, in the in the France tour I mentioned earlier. Please look at the Eiffel Tower every morning, please. And the clock is telling you the remaining time you have to fix it. Right. So that was clear, in fact. And in the closing days, at the very end. Um, and more precisely, the December 26th of December 1999, 
we were all in uh, the Minister of uh, Economy uh, working on the task force, of course. So the Minister, uh, the, the Secretary of Economy at this time was Dominique Troscan. You may know, obviously, you know this guy. And he was the Secretary of Economy in charge of the Y2K. And we were preparing all the, the, the Y2K government task force. And in December 26, we had a, a, a giant storm in France with winds over uh, 250 kilometers an hour. I don't know, in miles an hour, it's uh, probably 160 or something like this. Right. More or less. Uh, and it, th this winds blown away everything in the north of France. And when I say everything, it's a third of the, the main high power lines from the electricity were down. Right. A third. And the third of the global electric uh, infrastructure of a country like France down, it's a really a tricky situation. And the 22nd, the 27th of, I'm sorry, of December, so the one, one day later, we had a second storm blowing away the south of France. So, in fact, we had two different storms because right. the, the origins of it in the North Atlantic Ocean was different. It was not the same one divided in two. It was two different storms. Right. And they came the 26th and the 27th of December in France, blowing away the north of France and one day later, the south of France. So the 27th of December, we were down. It was just a, a stop of the activity in France. And I remember I had the press, the international press in uh, the, the, the secretary offices in, in Paris at the government and they asked me what's going to happen you don't have any power nowhere everything is stopped everything is stopped and we are in winter and the minister the, the secretary say okay we're going to fix it don't worry and in fact they did it and why they did it first is probably we're not completely stupid in France and we know how to handle tricky situation especially in electricity because we have a very strong uh, infrastructure in France as you know yep but the the, the 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 reason was that in all these companies driving infrastructure in other words electricity telecoms what water transportation trains metros etc all these companies have asked all these engineers to be at the office on the 31st of December because of Y2K. Right. So all of the crisis centers of all the, the, the infrastructure companies in France were full of people. 100% of the skills of the people, of the CEOs, of the CIOs, of the whoever you want, they were all on duty. They were all well, on duty. They were all prepared for a different problem. That is true. They could shift so easily fact, to, yeah. Yes, that is true. So in fact, they say, they say, okay, all the crisis centers are still operating. So we're going to fix both the storm and the bug with the same tool. 
which is the crisis center tool we all prepared for the Y2K. And all the large decisions were made in the Y2K centers, right. but not for Y2K issues. Stop the train, uh, send an helicopter uh, in this, this direction to clear a road or whatever. Right. Okay? But all these decisions were made in the Y2K uh, crisis centers. You know, Vincent, it's interesting. There was so much going on at the time in Y2K. I mean, everywhere. I mean, I was receiving well, reports well, from everywhere. That the, this one totally escaped me. This is a this is a new story for me. This is a new angle to Y two K. Fascinating, just absolutely fascinating. In the end, what was the final outcomes? What problems, if any, putting aside storms? Yes, we had, we had, we had, we had. Yeah. So everybody. we had one spectacular crash. One company in France, you may know, it's called Nouvelle Frontière. I don't know if you know this company, Nouvelle Frontière, New Frontier, if you prefer. New Frontier, yeah. The travel agent. Is, is, they are selling um, vacations, they are selling, uh, they, are, they are operating summer resorts and ski resorts. Okay. Uh, they are selling uh, air tickets, train tickets, uh, travel agent, vac vac vacancies, etc. It's a, quite a large one. And in the, in fact, they, 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 they did, I don't know how you say in English, they deny, in French we say, ils ont fait du déni, they didn't believe that was real. Like the guy uh, who was talking to you in the beginning of 1999. Right. And the CIO of this company say, no, this is a hoax. I am not going to work on it. And the, the big boss of this company ordered an audit, but it was end of June 1999. And it was too late. All the code of all the application were bespoke, were um, written in-house. Right. Okay. So in fact, it was end of 1999. And because of Euro, because of Y2K and the beginning of Internet Revolution, there was not a single coder available to fix it. So they fixed the problem with an algorithm, with the mechanics, I should right. say. A sort of scanner, uh, changing the code quickly and recompiling the code and uh, trying to to fix it like this. Right. It didn't work. It didn't work. So, in beginning of September, the company stopped completely. No plane, no hotels, no sales, no nothing. And this company didn't start again. And it was sold to the a German company called TUI. You may know this one. It's a very, very big, it's a, probably the, the biggest in the world, I don't know. German companies say they are running the same type of activities. And they bought the company, but they put on it the German computer system. Right. They just translated the screens and the new processes, how to sell a, an air ticket, how to sell a, a night in a hotel, etc., with the new process. They train all the, the, the French sellers. They bought the companies. And now, if you go on the website, you will, say, you will see that Nouvelle Frontier is a German company. Again, so that was the main, probably the most spectacular, because 
Nouvelle Frontière was really a French one. It right. was a sort of symbol of the French tourism activity. And it was sold to the Germans because we didn't fix it properly. I'd heard many ones, but I hadn't heard that one. This has been yes. very informative. Yes, Nouvelle Frontière. You can, can go to the... If you, if you type on Google uh, Nouvelle Frontière uh, en 2000 or bug, you may find, in French of course, uh, press uh, releases and press articles about this story. And uh, so that was, to, to my knowledge, the first big crash we had in France. We had mm -hmm. a lot of quality issues, problem uh, in different insurance companies in January, because in January the insurance companies have to to be very active because of the storm, right? And uh, they have uh, they were overcrowded by by uh, by uh, request and uh, the, of the customers saying, "Hey, you have to pay for my roof, you have to pay for my car, you have to pay for my house," and they were finishing to fix uh, the the euro and UY two K at the same time. So it was a, a little messy. But f to be honest, that this is just non-quality issues and everything went into order in one month two months and it was finished yeah and that was pretty much the story worldwide for the most part yes. all yes, the mission yes. critical stuff had been taken care of and what was left was quality control issues you know screens coming up with you know 1900 which is of no consequence if you're not doing a calculation on it there was lots of that type of stuff nothing yeah so we we had a lot of other problems but later uh, we have we had a big one in uh, 2007, right? In uh, credit cards, because uh, France is a, a large manufacturer of credit cards. You know that we invented the chip cards, yep. and um, and the whole industry of chip cards is in France. And we sell all the chip cards, the bank cards, uh, to Germans. And uh, the Germans they were completely stocked uh, at the beginning of 2007. If you, I remember well, because there were because of Y2K bug, uh, the windowing not not properly documented, <laughs> and uh, everything stopped. So they have to change in emergency forty million uh, bank account, credit cards. Yeah, we uh, had other problems in twenty twenty this year, last year, the beginning of the last year, we had problems as well, uh, a number of them. Yeah, but, but to be to be honest, to be frankly, the the the. the the, the, the planet Earth is still round and is still turning uh, at the same speed with this kind of you know, of problem. We fix it, and that's it. It is not. It is not critical. This is not critical. Super, super story, guy. I mean, a lot of this is is absolutely new to me. And if it's new to me, it's new to most of the listeners. So I really appreciate that. You have closing thoughts. I mean, there are a couple of other things going on in the world that you know. They ring bells whenever I hear about them, and they ring little Y2K bells in my head. Yeah. What's your view of the world? Well, my view is, well, I'm very, to be honest, I'm very sad and very disappointed with um, the, the lack of, of, uh, of uh, congratulations and recognition of this. Everything is saying that it was a hoax. Uh, and uh, even today, I have journalists that they call me, hey, you do this, it was not true, this is a... And, and uh, we, 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 did, we, we spent in France 10 billion euros for this, right. 10 billion. This is not little money. It, it, things are... The, 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 COVID, the cost of COVID, of course, is much, much, much higher. But just to, 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 
to avoid the risk and to maintain a, a technology, this is not a little project. And we finished on time. Right. And I'm, I'm a little sad of reactions of politics and uh, and uh, every, everybody outside the computer industry uh, are really believing that it was a hoax. And I think this is the same in a lot of different countries. Uh, some of the countries more than others, of course, but in France, it has been very, very difficult. On my curriculum and on my resume, I have uh, worked on, on Y2K since, uh, two, uh, since 1991 to 2000, right. but it was a problem to find an occupation after. Frankly, I know exactly what you mean. I went and, to uh, the, uh, after this, I came to, to, to find a job and I say, what, 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 do, what do you know? What, what can you do? I, am, I can fix the Y2K problem. And okay, <laughs> but we, you don't need, you don't, we don't need you anymore. So, uh, <laughs> and we didn't need you then either. <laughs> <laughs> so to be honest, I'm a little sad for this. Yeah. But I... more ser seriously, my, I have two, two thoughts about this story. The first one is relating, um, uh, methodologies for decision makers in case of a large crisis. And actually, of course, we have the COVID issue. And I see, I don't know if in Canada, in the States or wherever, but in France, there is a lack of planification and anticipation, which is, it is ridiculous. I mean, we, we did anticipation during nine years and we finished a project on time. And now with COVID, we have decision makers. They are deciding revolution, lockdown, for example, right. at 8 p.m. at night, and everything has to work the, 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 the day after at 8 a.m. in the morning. Yep. And, we, you, and, and in companies, in banks, in the process are complicated. They have to change everything in just, in just six hours we are not magicians. I mean, they, they, they don't know what planification means. So yeah. probably, I hope, I hope that uh, that we we will wake up one day and put all the, the people had who had led a, a big crisis around the table and find just two or three uh, common sense good things, and we can make um, progress on that. Yeah, there's the second... no planning on this and some of the thought processes on things just like distribution. You know, how do you get the vaccines to everybody? And it's been done piecemeal. Uh, Y2K in areas, some areas was done piecemeal. But you've just told mm -hmm. a story where it was coordinated from central control, you know, associations, government. Yeah, yes, and that's yes, the yes. only way to make this stuff happen is central control. Uh, doing it piecemeal. You know, you know, everybody's out for themselves. It's not the way to to deal with COVID distribution. It just isn't going to work. Plus, the communication has been so scattered. I mean, everybody's speaking. There is no consistent message. In Y2K, there was a consistent message. You know, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's we true. Have a problem. This is what it is. This is what we have to do. And it was very, very simple. And you and I didn't converse a tremendous amount, and myself and Robin Garnier didn't converse a certain amount. And yes, of course. I met him a lot of times. I met him a lot of times. But the message was the same everywhere yeah. you went. 
the message from the quote-unquote experts was consistent. We don't have that today, which is yes. unfortunate. Which is I very totally agree with that. And the what, second thought about what happened is about climate change. Yeah. And, and what's funny in this is that Al Gore uh, was in charge of Y2K in, uh, in the States, in the Clinton administration. And um, I've been contacted by the American embassy in Paris. Uh, it has been in 1998. And I had a couple of meetings with them. I translated some of the reports in English for the U.S. government, and uh, I don't know what they made of it, but this is funny. It's Al Gore made Y2K and is now in probably one of the leaders of the, the climate change issue. And my view on this is that we, we, we have the, 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 the climate change issue is driven by law of physics. Uh, like we, we had to fix exactly the same, exactly the same. We have probably a longer time to, to move. Uh, eight years to fix the problem, it was really tricky. And with the climate change, we have, we, we have to do things very in emergency, but at the same time, the evolution of the climate is very long. Uh, we don't have a precise hard deadline, which is really a problem. To, to me, the biggest problem with the, to, 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 to have the, the climate and the, the, the sea, the, 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 the CO2 emissions fixing project done properly is the lack of deadline. And when you have a, a strong deadline, it's a great tool because the boss is the deadline. Right. It's not you explaining the issue. It's not the, 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 the one you are talking to. The boss is the deadline. And, when, and if you don't have this very hard deadline, it is like if you've lost your best friend, the one who gave you the best argumentation to move on. So this is, to me, this is a tricky problem. But I think, and I will finish with this, is that the IPCC has the, all the figures and the data to make from nothing, well, from the science, to remake hard deadlines with the data we, we have now and the knowledge we have on climate change. In other words, uh, I think the IPCC have the capability of saying, in 10 years, this is the deadline. We have to do this before 10, 10 years. Otherwise, this will happen. Right. But this is more or less what they are saying, but not as a deadline issue. They are talking about the climate issue but they are not talking about the deadline issue. They are not talking about the project issue. And to me, that would be a great factor of success if they, if they could modify a little their wording, their, their way of explaining things, talking about deadlines and what we have to do, uh, um, than talking about biodiversity and because a lot of people, they don't care about it. Yeah, and the important, this is important, of course, but the most important is the, the saying things that work. And, and talking about deadlines, this is working. And talking help. about biodiversity, this is not working as well. Yeah. In other words. I agree. Vincent, I want to thank you very much. Uh, this was oh, fascinating. Well, thank, you. thank you for your time, Peter. Uh, not at all. Uh, our guest today was uh, Vincent Balway, former Y2K leader in France, 
and uh, his website is up on the page. Say it again for the listeners, because not everybody sees this. So some of them only yes. hear it. Maitrisdecrise.com. It means uh, controlthecrisis.com, more or less. Very good. I'll put it into the description so that uh, English speakers will be able to get it as well. Uh, I have a couple of closing things. Stay around, Vincent. We'll have a chat afterwards. Uh, a couple of things, folks. This is part of the Y2K and Autobiography podcast. You can contact me at pdauger at technobility.com. That last part is spelled T-E-C-H-N-O-B-I-L-I-T-Y. Uh, not techno-peasant, technobility. And you can contact me there, obviously. If you want to get on to the on-demand part, this is where you have the opportunity to support this effort. You can go to www.vimeo.com slash on-demand slash Y2K. All of the interviews uh, are, you know, there are, there are graphics included. All of the audio part of the podcast, which are up on iTunes and other places, also have a video component. If you want to access those, go to vimeo.com slash on demand slash Y2K. Uh, a little reminder, we have a couple of subscribers who have subscribed right from the beginning, who have worked through everything, and their subscriptions are still there. Uh, there's not much new stuff coming. So if you've been subscribed from the beginning, turn off your subscription. If you haven't subscribed, by all means, guys, support us. One final request. This one's important. If anybody out there listening to this has video documentation of newscasts or presentations, please contact me. Why? Because we have a number of people people from Time Magazine, New York Times, CNN, contacting us, and they want video documentation of this Y2K from all around the world. Why do they want it? Because they want to do some decent, hard-hitting documentaries of a historical nature. And unfortunately, despite the fact that I was everywhere, I never bothered with things like selfies, photographs, and capturing video of anything. So when they contact me, I literally had nothing. Um, Irene Deck, who has been interviewed from Prudential, she had a whole bunch of stuff and we're getting it to these documenters. So if you have stuff anywhere in your collection, garage, storage, contact me, contact information again, pdauger at technobility.com. Will there be more interviews? Possibly. We have a couple of people who are still deciding whether they whether or not they want to have a chat with me and go on record. Uh, but if anything comes up that's Y2K related, except that Y2K fashion fad that's going on right now, then we'll post something. Take care, folks. Be good. And uh, get vaccinated, will you? I have. Bye.